Arizona Sports. Sports. The local sports leader. leader. Burns and Gambo. The 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Here we go with the top stories of the day presented to you at 4 o'clock every day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's the 4 o'clock reset and we start with Super Bowl 57 in our own backyard. Here we go. Hurts. As all day, now some rushers come. Going to throw it as far as his arm can take it, which is well short. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. Stadium looked great. The Valley looked great. Halftime show was good. The Star-Spangled Banner before from Chris Stapleton was really good. What did you think of the Rihanna show? Uh, you know what? I... I thought it was pretty good to be honest. I, I thought it like I, I thought it was good. I thought it looked better than it sounded. Like it was dazzling to watch, right, with the floating stages and everything. Well, there's how many good songs she had. I, I mean, she had good songs. It, it, the music itself was it was fine. It was good. I thought it looked sensational. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, their second Super Bowl championship in four years, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. Fantastic game. I mean, you take away the Bradbury holding penalty, which is very controversial. It was a phenomenal football game. Two quarterbacks. Going, going at it. I mean, it was the Kansas City offensive line uh, not allowing a sack to that vaunted Philadelphia defense. The big run by Mahomes. There were just so many big plays in the game. It ended up being a really good Super Bowl. It did. The ending left a little to be desired, but I think everything leading up to the ending was really, really good. Patrick Mahomes named Super Bowl 57 MVP. Everyone's headed home. I can only imagine what a nightmare Sky Harbor Airport is right now. Hopefully they are all navigating it okay. The headlines for the game Focused not only on the play on the field, but on the actual field itself. Hassan Reddick, post game. It was very disappointing, you know. It's the NFL. You, you would think it would be better, so you know we can we can get some better play. Um, but it is what it is, man. You know, it is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the league will look at it and tell Arizona they got to step their stuff up. I don't know what it's. I don't know. It's not my decision to make. It's not my call to make. Whatever it is, it's what it is. Well, like you said, you said it's the NFL, right? The NFL spent eight hundred thousand dollars. They took the car. What the Cardinals played on is not what they played on here in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was all new grass. Now, there was, some, like, there was a lot of complaints about it. And you could see. I mean, you could see. Oh, yeah. Guys were sliding all over the place. They kind of looked like they were on skates. I mean, it did look like guys were having a hard time getting their footing. And they kept refer- referencing it to the, the cleats. And guys are changing their cleats. And they can't get a good crash. And it, so I, I get it. Like, I get it. Um, but I do think the NFL had a lot to do with it. it wasn't, I, I don't think it was a Cardinal thing. I don't think it's a Cardinal thing. I think it's an NFL thing because of the $800,000 that you're talking about. As far as the Cardinals. Cardinals, their search for the next head coach rolls on. Now it's being reported by Josh Weinfuss that the focus is on two candidates. Luana Rumo, the defensive coordinator of the Bengals, and now Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. There's been a little whispers about this, has been mostly under the radar, but now it is clear they are expected to request permission. That interview is going to happen on Monday. The team will go home. He will stay here. He's considered to be, guys, a top target for the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, they did second interviews this week with Luana Rumo really impressive. The Bengals defensive coordinator, Mike Kafka, the Giants OC. I was leaning Sweet Lou. I was leaning Lou Anarumo. Then we just had Elliot Shore Parks on who covers the Eagles. Don't hire Gannon. 
I think Gannon is a good defense coordinator. I think he has potential as a head coach. If I were the Cardinals, I would not hire him because I think what they need right now is an offensive head coach. They need somebody that's going to come in and try to fix what's really kind of a disaster at quarterback right now, right? So with Gannon, I think you're going to get someone that knows how to run a team. I think you're going to get someone that will create a good culture. I think you're going to get someone that knows what a good organization should run like. What you're not going to get is someone that can fix the main problem with the team. So his offensive coordinator hire is going to be crucial and pretty much decide whether he's successful there or not. Okay, but like the reason being, like, well, if it's him and Adarumo, neither one of them are offensive guys. No. Which then maybe it comes down to which one of them is hiring the best offensive coordinator. Which one of them is bringing the offensive coordinator uh, with them that has the best chance of fixing Kyler they're Murray? They're saying that Gannon would bring in uh, the guy from the uh, the Browns, the quarterback's coach for the that Browns. He knows he knew from his time in Minnesota. That's been working with Deshaun Watson. He's 35 years old. I don't know. I'm having a feeling that I'm not going to like this hire from the Arizona Cardinals right now. I mean, I'm just kind of getting a feeling right now that we're not going to be blown away by this hire. To your point, I mean, if we're going to go by what Elliott Shore Park said, it's not even so much that Gannon's a bad candidate. He just doesn't think the Cardinals should hire a defensive guy. So you'd put Lou Anarumo in that category yeah, as well, But there were other right? things he said about Gannon that made me kind of leery, too, throughout that interview. Yeah, I mean... There it were was, other things he said that made me leery about it. It was mostly he just didn't think the Cardinals should hire a defensive coach at this point. Uh, this would also seemingly rule out Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Reports have also suggested they could have a new head coach by the end of today or perhaps tomorrow. Shifting to the Phoenix Suns back in the Valley after their road trip. A bunch of new faces in the house. Kevin Durant, TJ Warren, Darius Baisley all on the practice floor today. Warren and Baisley met with the media today. Durant will be introduced on Thursday. TJ Warren is back. Oh man, this is definitely the opener. Um, welcome to the facility. It was uh, this is a great feeling, man. It just feels good to be back. Um, just to see everything around is just surreal, man. It's just a great feeling for sure. He sounds happy to be back. Good. <laughs> Homecoming for TJ Warren. He sounds happy. He was always injured with the Phoenix Suns. He, he was always hurt. He never played. So they got, you know, they, they moved on from him. It's just he's not the same player that he was. He's not very good defensively, but he could score. TJ Warren is going to be, he's going to be 70. He'll still be able to score. Kevin Durant will not be seen on the floor at Footprint Center until after the All-Star break. They have two games left until the break. Then they won't play for another week. Campaign and Landry Shamit's uh, could return after the long weekend campaign is said to be further along than Landry Shamit is when it comes to coming back. He'll be back sooner before Landry. The Suns did indeed utilize the buyout market over the weekend. They are reportedly signing Terrence Ross, who has been bought out by the Orlando Magic. Yeah, he's a guy who's, you know, he's had, a, he's had some struggles. He's a veteran player. Not great defensively, but he is a wing player that they needed. And he's a decent shooter. And if he's on this team, he's probably going to get a lot of open shots. So he's a guy that, for his career, has been a good three-point shooter, so the Suns were looking for that, especially with Landry out. Next up for the Suns, they host the Kings tomorrow. Other news around the NFL from this past weekend. The Jets reportedly have inquired about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, of course they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Derek Carr will not waive his no-trade clause, meaning okay. the Raiders will have to cut him. That's I, also to be expected. Yeah, I don't know why they're thinking that Derek Carr is going to help them out. Like, why, why do you think that he's going to help you? Yeah. Like, you're moving on from him. 
You know, he's he's not going to waive it. He, he'll be a free agent. That way he can go where he wants to go and pick the place that he wants to go yeah, to. Yeah, the deadline for them to make a decision is Wednesday. It's expected they're going to cut him sometime before Wednesday. The Colts are expected to hire Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen as their next head coach. Right. No surprise. And the Texans nope. have hired Bobby Slowick as their new offensive coordinator. He was the pass game coordinator in San Francisco for the last two years. Cliff Kingsbury had interviewed for that yeah, job. Yeah, saying kind of it's a fitting turnaround, right? The Eagles hired former Indianapolis offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni to be their head coach. Now, Sykin would become the second Eagles offensive coordinator hired by the Cardinals because they hired Frank Reich. From the NBA? As the world turns. Reggie Jackson being bought out by the Charlotte, going to sign with the Nuggets. Danny Green bought out by the Clippers, planning to sign with the Cavs. Zion Williamson re-aggravated his hamstring injury. He's going to be out multiple weeks after the All-Star break. Wow. He just can't stay healthy. Can't. What a shame. Yeah. Of all that talent, if he plays, like they could be so good. Yeah. And, and, and don't forget about Andrew Chafin. I, oh, oh, did I miss that? Okay, sorry. I thought you were breaking. My whoa, bad. My bad. Whoa, whoa, My whoa. bad. I thought you were going to break there. Man. Mm. I love it. Gotta slow up your horses there, Seriously, Cowboy. I love it when the guy sitting shotgun just puts his hands on the wheel and starts driving the car for you. Man, I'll yeah. get you where you want to go. I have to do that with my wife sometimes. Trust me. Like, honey, where are you doing? Give me the wheel. Diamondbacks reunite with lefty Andrew Chafin on a one-year deal. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's a great move for them. I think it's a really good move. He's for been them. so good the last couple of years. The sheriff, Andrew Chafin, return. I really love that move for the D backs. They had to redo their bullpen. They got a lot of power arms in their bullpen. A lot of power arms now. You know, not a lot of proven guys. There's some taking some chances on some guys, but this, deep, deep, this bullpen's going to be a lot different than it has been in previous years. And Coyotes head coach Andrew Chorney today confirmed Jacob Chikrin will remain a healthy scratch for the remainder of this week. Yeah, they don't want him to get hurt. They're trading him. He's played his last game with the Coyotes. Yeah, and he wouldn't say if that was the case, but certainly it seems He has played his last game the with the Coyotes. Yeah. He will be traded. And then college basketball, real quick, ASU needed overtime. They got the road win against Cal, so they got the sweep of the Bay Area schools. All right, let's break. Your Wildcats. <laughs> I was watching Stanford that game. The they weekend. got up by eight, and then all of a sudden, that Stanford just they couldn't miss a shot. Yeah. These kids that weren't hitting any three-pointers all year are knocking down three-pointers like it's going out of style. That big uh, Tubelis, who's you know one of the best players in the country, foul was terrible in that game. And he was in foul trouble the whole Rainey game. kept him in it. Rainey knocked down a whole bunch, like eight or nine threes. He was the only guy to kept him in it. Yeah. A tough loss for them. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, they made the biggest deal at the trade deadline, and yet they're not the favorite in the league, at least according to one national website. Not everybody buying the love yet when it comes to the Suns. We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Alright, back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on this Monday. So much to unpack. Super Bowl 57 won by the Kansas City Chiefs. Jonathan Gannon staying around from the Eagles to interview with the Cardinals for their head coaching job. Reportedly, we could have a decision tonight or maybe tomorrow when it comes to the Cardinals and their coaching search. The Suns, very active. Cardinals going to hire a coach, finally, huh? So we've been told. Yeah. This is going to be, I mean, it, it will It will be. It's going to be anticlimactic in some ways. Yeah. Like, it's not Sean Payton. It's not Dan Quinn. It's not Brian Flores. No. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be another first time head coach who's never been a head coach before. Honestly, at this point, it, it, we're we're off topic here, but that's okay because you've kind of stumbled onto a good one here. Okay, go ahead. I'm more intrigued 
by who the offensive coordinator is now. I mean, the head the head coach matters more, and I'm not sitting here trying to pretend that it doesn't. But because it's probably going to be a defensive guy, if Kafka's truly out of it, the way or at least the focus isn't on him, the way Josh Weinfuss has reported as such, and if it's really come down to Lou Anarumo, a defensive guy, versus Jonathan Gannon, a defensive guy, not that I'm already over who the next head coach is going to be, but now I'm, I really want to know who's the offensive coordinator because that's such an important hire. That's a big Big, big deal. It's the person who's got to fix Kyler Murray. It's the person, it's basically the person who's going to oversee at least the next two years of Kyler Murray with the idea that you've got these two years to make him the very best version of him he can be. And if you don't, you might be done with Kyler Murray two years from now. This is not saying that the biggest splash is the right hire, okay? Because sometimes the biggest splash is not the right hire. But after Sean Payton would have been the biggest splash, okay? You would have, you would have won the day in the press conference, Sean Payton. Who would have been second? Oh boy. Who would who would have been the second guy to win the day? I Okay. I could be you wrong. You got Quinn. That's you the one I was going to say. I was going to say Dan Quinn. Okay. Who's, I think I think Dan Quinn wins the day. Third? Mm, wins the day. Wins the day. Just um, biggest among, splash. Among the guys. Okay, we're just talking about guys who have talked to the Cardinals yes, about the job, I, right? Yes, okay. Yes. So D'Amico Ryans is out. He didn't even speak to them. Flores is probably three. Okay. Do you so, agree, disagree? I don't disagree with you. I mean, I'm just looking for the list of all the guys just to make sure that I that I have them all. But I'm saying the guy that they hire is going to be like so far down on that list of like splash. Like Vance Joseph, like Aaron Glenn wouldn't have been a big splash. Zero Evero wouldn't have been a big splash. You know, but Sean Payton would have been. Brian Flores would have been. Dan Quinn would have been. Um... Did they interview Frank Reich? Yes, they did. Right. They did interview Frank Reich. Yep, they did. He would have been a big name. Like mm-hmm. That would have been a bigger splash. So that'd be probably fourth on your list. So the guy they hired, but again, it doesn't mean that the biggest splash, you just got to hire the right guy. You know, I the odds are going to be two and a half years. Does the guy you hire, is he going to make it to two and a half years or not? <laughs> two and a half years. Because if if this Is happens... Is that what we're setting the over-under at? 2.5 seasons for the next could, guy? I can't imagine they fire a guy after one bad year. No. No. But if he has a second bad year and then goes into the third year and is having a third bad year, you're going to be like, oh, my God. And I, and I said this. I truly believe this. Like, I, I want to look at all the coaches that were hired in this cycle and, damn, if they, they better not have the guy that's, that's fired first. They better not. You better not have the guy that's fired first. That would be a disaster. It would be a freaking disaster. It would be an unmitigated disaster. An absolute disaster. Yeah. Let the Colts fire their guy. Let somebody else fire their guy first. Yeah. Sean Payton's not going to get fired in the first Like He's not going to get fired. But you look at these other coaches and you're like, God, I really hope that the Cardinals don't hire the guy that's going to be the first guy fired in this cycle of coaches. Yeah. No, it's because it would be it would be an absolute train wreck if something like that were to happen. It's I, I'm look, I'm, I'm sure whenever the day comes. All right. We'll talk the hell out of Lou Anarumo or Kafka or, or Gannon or whoever gets the job. Um, but you, there is, it's been, it's taken us so long to get here. You're absolutely right. There is sort of this feeling like you're almost exhausted by the process, right? Like, let's just, who's it going to be for the love of God? Just tell us already, right? Because it's just, we've been doing this for what, 35 days? I think I saw that number. 
Over the weekend? 35 makes I think, sense. I think it's been like 35 days that they've gone without a coach, I think is where we're at right now. I could be wrong, but I, I was in Thailand for like 17 of those days. <laughs> so we are, we are very ready to, because if it's five weeks, I think it was five weeks ago today, I believe, that Cliff was let go. So who are our head coaches? You got Frank Reich. D'Amico you got Ryan's. D'Amico Ryans. You got Sean Payton. Right, uh, you got um, probably Shane Steichen with the Colts, and who was the other? Who are we forgetting as the other vacancy? It was the Colts, it was the Texans, it was the Broncos, it was the Cardinals, and it was the Panthers. We've and named the them Panthers. All. Yeah, we've named them all. You better not have the guy that gets fired first. No, like you, you better, better not. You better not. Um, we'll see. We'll find out if uh, you know what. Yeah, let's just you know, just let's just stay on this for a couple of minutes because because I was thinking back to I was watching Andy Reid yesterday, and of course, there's that part of you that goes, "What if? What if? What if?" Cardinals wanted to talk to him. Uh, the way the story goes, the Kansas City Chiefs like literally went and met Andy Reid at the airport in Kansas City, kept him from getting on a plane to Arizona. Right? That would have been a what if moment for what if Andy Reid had come here. The Cardinals did all right for themselves during that coaching cycle. They hired Bruce Arians. And in the moment, Bruce Arians was a really interesting choice, right? Like he was big personality. He was coming off that Coach of the Year award for filling in for for his guy when he was out sick, right, with the Colts, and they won all those games. And and he he was a choice that at the time, I don't know how popular it was, but it was... There was a little bit of uncertainty. The Cardinals nailed it with that selection. Absolutely nailed it. Bruce Arians had very limited experience as a head coach filling in for Chuck Pagano. The Cardinals nailed it with that selection. Right. They haven't really nailed anything since when it comes to their coaching choices. Right, 2019. Okay. Okay, 2019, yeah, they hired Cliff. Okay. Cardinals hired Cliff. Browns hired Freddie Kitchens. Gone. Denver hired Vic Fangio. <laughs> Gone a couple times over. Green Bay hired Matt LaFleur. Okay. Tampa hired Bruce Arians. Okay. The Jets hired Adam Gase. Utter disaster. Googly the- eyes. <laughs> Googly eyes. Remember the eyes? Of course I remember the eyes. Once you've, once you've seen the Adam mm. Gase eyes, you can never unsee them. Since he hired Zach Taylor. Oh, that was a good one. Miami hired Brian Flores. There's your coaching hires. Cincinnati won the day. Cincinnati won the con- was Cincinnati won. Cincinnati it. won the day. Right. They they got right. I mean, imagine if the Cardinals Cardinals would have hired Zach Taylor. But who's to? I mean, again, who's to say? Because part of the reason why they nailed Zach Taylor is because they nailed Joe Burrow. Right? Like, no, nobody in Cincinnati is wondering, nope. hey, do you think we have our next franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow? Yeah, you've got your next franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. We're asking different questions here in Arizona. How about Matt LaFleur? That was, I mean, look, that was obviously a huge success for them, too, but not as much as you would think, right? I well, they mean, won 13 games, then 13 games, then 13 games. This year they took a step back, but three years in a row they won 13 games yeah. with him as their head coach. And they couldn't win at Lambeau with the opportunity no. to advance to the play. They had home field advantage mm-hmm. two of those years, and right. they couldn't even win in their own building. But he, like, he's successful. He's successful. Like, no, Zach just, Taylor and Matt LaFleur were the two winners of that cycle. Now, Brian Flores was not bad. I don't know why they fired him. Bruce Arians won him a Super Bowl. So if you look at it, I mean, you could say that the, the most successful one is Taylor. I think LaFleur is right there. 
And then I think Arians and Flores are the next two. So I would say Cliff, even though he lasted longer than some of these guys, was probably the fifth best hire. He was a better hire than Adam Gase. Don't we? Okay, I'm listening to you. Don't we have to, by default, have Bruce Arians a little higher on this list? Because he won a Super Bowl? He won a Super Bowl. None of those other guys won a Super Bowl. None of the other guys from that side. Now, we, we can Tom Brady this thing to death. <laughs> we, we could. I mean, we, but, I mean, shouldn't we put okay, what Bruce was a little wor- higher on that list? What was a worse hire than Kingsbury? It's not Arians. It's not Flores. It's not Zach Taylor. And it's not LaFleur. Yes. Freddie Kitchens. Vic Fangio. Or Coach Googly Eyes. Or uh, Googly Eyes. <laughs> or Adam Gase. <laughs> I think... I think um, well, I mean, look, I, Adam Gase didn't lead the Jets to the playoffs. Uh, Vic Fangio didn't lead the Broncos to the playoffs. Who's the other one I'm at, you're asking me about? Gase, Fangio, Kitchens. Kitchens didn't lead. Did Kitchens lead the Browns to the playoffs? What? They went one and done? They, they, they went to. Okay, so he took him to that one game, Baker Mayfield. Well, so he filled in after they fired who it was Hugh Jackson, right? And then they made Greg Williams the coach. Kitchens was the OC. Kitchens unlocked Mayfield. And then the complete and utter disaster that was the next year. Okay. So, I, I mean, I think I have to put Cliff higher on that list and Frank than all Kitchens, those guys. And yeah, Adam Gates. Because Cliff on his own took that team from 5 to 8 to 11 wins and got him into the playoffs. Right. As bad as it ended, at least he got him into the it playoffs. It wasn't an utter – Cliff wasn't an utter disaster. Okay, but again, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as four of the other coaching hires. Who will we consider to be the best hire of this cycle? Who three years from now will be, yep, that's the team that got it right. They're the ones. Who will it be? So easy to say Sean Payton, but who knows? Did you see, by the way, the reports about who he interviewed over the weekend? No. Rex Ryan. Jay Glazer reported over the weekend that Sean Payton had an interview with Rex Ryan to be his defensive coordinator. He interviewed Rex Ryan? (laughs) That's the report. That was, I saw the Glazer tweet. I'm like, wait, what? Rex Ryan? Yeah, Rex Ryan. Wow, foot fetish himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Googly eyes and foot fetish all in the same segment. Where else are you going to get make that? Make sure you tell all the players to make sure their wives don't wear high stop, heels. Stop, stop, They made the biggest no open-toed shoes <laughs> around Rex. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, they made the biggest deal at the trade deadline, and yet they're not the favorite in the league, according to one national website. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's update the Twitter poll question of the day. Zach is back with us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. What you got for us today, Zach? Well, it's revolving around the head coach vacancy position here for the Arizona Cardinals. Of the reported remaining candidates, who do you guys think will be the next head coach of the Cardinals? Will it be Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon or Bengals DC Lou Anaruma? Note the difference. It's not who we want to be, who we think will be. Um, at this point, man, it just feels like there's a bunch of momentum for Jonathan Gannon. I, I it's just, and yeah, Jonathan Gannon, I think he will be. But I, I wanted to be Anarumo, but I would say I think it's going to be Gannon. Well, our audience is going 60% on the side of Lou Anarumo. Sweet Lou. And the other 40% for Jonathan Gannon. Okay, there All you right. go. That's our poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it. I do. Um, uh, 
Albert Breer, if you're wondering about the connection between uh, Gannon and Monty Austin Fort, I had questions about it myself. Albert Breer wrote about it. I just want to pass this along since we've been talking so much okay. about the Cardinals coach. Uh, over the summer, new Arizona general manager Monty Austin Fort, with some help from his agent, came up with a list of 10 to 12 coaches that he wanted to get to know so he'd have a solid list to work from in case he landed a general manager job after the season. Three guys on that list wound up impressing him. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, and Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who, for his part, showed Austin Fort he had the sort of it factor needed to become a head coach in the National Football League. By the time Austin Fort got the Arizona job, the window to do the first interviews with coaches in the playoffs was shut. So of his list of three, Glenn was the only one he could interview. After the AFC title game, the Cardinals got to Callahan, and now finally they'll get to Gannon. So when did he get hired? Austin Fort? Yeah, do you know the date? The January 16th. It was MLK Day. January 16th. Yep. Okay. The day after Wild Card Weekend. The same day of the Bucks Cowboys game. Because Saturday and Sunday that week were the games. And Monday, there was a Monday game. Yeah. So he got hired on the 16th, but he didn't interview anybody after that week. Right? He didn't interview the Eagles guy. Well, because you couldn't. Because then at that point, the Eagles were getting ready for the divisional divisional round. Yeah. So he was off limits. You couldn't have that conversation. But you could have spoke with him up until... Or was it just second interviews? The, like the week leading up, he could not have interviewed the him. week, the bye week before the Super Bowl. He could not have that interviewed was second him. interviews only, only. Yep. and he hadn't had a first with them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there wasn't any time to figure to get a first interview in there. Monty Austin Fort wasn't on the job by the time Monty Austin Fort officially had the general manager's job. It, the window was shut; they couldn't speak to him. Interesting. Yeah, I just I was wondering what the connection was because I couldn't find any between couldn't do Austin a Zoom Fort. interview. No, you're not allowed Before to the Eagles played their first playoff game? The window was closed. The window was closed. You were not allowed to because of the game coming up. They were just not in a position to be able to. Mm. Yeah, I, from what I, I could be wrong. From what I understand, that was the case. I, I might be wrong about that. I was just trying to figure out what the connection between Monty Austin Fort was and, and Gannon because it doesn't seem to. So basically, before he even became a GM, he's like, I, I need to get to know 10 coaches and I want to know which one I might want to hire if I ever become a GM. And he made a list of these are guys to get to know. Gannon was on that list. That might have been why we're here, why we're having I this mean, Gannon's got extensive background from Louisville to Atlanta to Tennessee to Minnesota to Indy to Philly. There was no point where they crossed paths. I couldn't find one where they crossed paths. Okay. No. I couldn't find one where they were in the same place at the same time. I didn't do a ton of homework into this. I just did a quick search. It didn't look like they overlapped with each other at any point. Because Monty's really only been with the Patriots and with the Titans, right? For the most part? Yeah, Monty's been with the Patriots since 2006. He was with the Patriots from 2006 up until he took the Tennessee job. Before that, he was with the Texans um, a little bit. But then if you look at Gannon, Gannon wasn't with the Texans at all. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know what the connection would be for those guys. I think his agent just told him these are good coaches for you to get to know in case sure. you ever become a sure. general manager. Probably, yep. so, yeah. All right, let's turn our attention to the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, a busy weekend for them. Uh, the new players, Darius Baisley. We expect to see him tomorrow. T.J. Warren. He's talking about how excited he is to be back. They were both at the facility today. Kevin Durant was at the facility today. He won't be available until after the All Star break. 
the Suns have two more games until the break, and then they don't play for a whole week after that. So it's still going to be 10 days, 12 days before we see Kevin Durant. Obviously, tons of changes for the Phoenix. Terrence Ross was bought out over the weekend, and he is reportedly joining the Suns. The Ringer came out with their post-trade deadline power rankings. They had the Phoenix Suns third. Behind Milwaukee and behind the Boston Celtics. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, to be honest with you, that they had him at number three overall. Because this, you know, you would think you just added Kevin Durant. You're getting, you still got Chris Paul. Now, they also gave up a lot, right? They gave up their best, you know, versatile wing defender in Mikael Bridges and one of their best three point shooters in Cam Johnson. And you've got age with Chris Paul and you've got age and injuries as well with Kevin Durant. And then Booker's been hurt all year. Milwaukee got Jay Crowder. You know, Boston didn't do anything earth-shattering, So, but they really like those teams in the East more than they like the Suns. The interesting thing was that the Suns were actually ahead of everybody else in the West. Yeah, which I th- I think is what we expect. Yeah. You know, right? We should expect that. Nobody's got a better four players than the Phoenix Suns do uh, in the Western Conference, I, I think. Yep. You know, Denver's the threat. New Orleans with the Zion injury, that's really starting to fade a little bit. I, I tell you what potentially, it's probably not going to be as first First game back. You know what Kevin Durant's second game with the Phoenix Suns might be at Milwaukee. I looked at the schedule. Oh, wow. I looked at. The, I'm going to pull it up again because if depending on when he makes his debut, all right. Like, let me just give you. You look sc- it up because the the Bucks thing that was interesting is you know we talk about the Suns and all the players they miss. Middleton, Middleton's missed 39 games. Drew Holiday's missed 11. And they're one game back from the Celtics for the NBA's best record because Giannis has been unbelievable for them. So that's a key reason. The Bucks are 12 and 2 when Giannis Middleton and Holiday all play. And now you bring in Jay Crowder, you get some 3 and D help. Um, so, you know, and, and they didn't give up anybody of real value. The guys they gave up, they didn't even want. Right, right? Abaka and Hill and Nawara, they didn't even want those guys. Yeah. Sacramento tomorrow. Okay. The Clippers on Thursday. We're not expecting Durant for either one of those games. Nope. Then it's the All-Star break. The Suns don't play for eight days after the Clippers game. Their first game back after the break is at home against Oklahoma City on Friday, February 24th. Their next game after that, Sunday, February 26th, nationally televised game on ABC against the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. And then a week. What's the day of that? What's the day of that? Sunday, game? February twenty sixth. And then a week later, they're on national TV on ABC. They're at the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie against KD. Now there are games in between. They play Charlotte. They play Chicago and everything. But yeah, in fact, the schedule down the how stretch. Many games, how many times the Suns are going to be on national TV next year? Oh, yeah. Just pencil them in for like every game. Every, every game's going to be 8 o'clock. Every game potentially right. they could be on. They still have, the Suns still have two games against Milwaukee still. They still have Philadelphia coming up. They still have two games against Denver coming up. The back of the schedule is a little bit loaded for the Suns. You know, they, to be honest with you, I'm more looking forward to the Denver games than I am any of the other games you mentioned. I would agree. More looking forward to Denver than I would Milwaukee or Philly. Or they're the threat. Dallas. They're the threat. 
I think so. They're the threat. I think that's the biggest threat is the Nuggets, a healthy Nuggets team with Jamal Murray and Jokic maybe going for his third MVP. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show is brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. This might be my favorite segment coming up. Proof. Once again, as if you need any more, you just shouldn't pay running backs like ever. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Would you like to know, Gambo, how much money the most expensive leading rusher was to win a Super Bowl since 2009? Yeah, I get it. Don't pay running backs. Well, here's the funny part about it. It's a motto it. you live by. Don't pay them. Here's the funny part about it. Yeah. It wasn't even a running back. <laughs> That's the best. Who was it? That's the best part about it. The highest paid leading rusher of a Super Bowl winning team since 2009 okay. was the $2.5 million made by Percy Harvin for the 2013 Percy Seattle Harvin. Seahawks. He's a wide receiver. Uh, he was apparently the leading rusher for that Super Bowl. Percy Harvin? Yes. And he made $2.5 million. He was the leading rusher for that Super wow. Bowl. Yeah. Um, Listen, you know, I always say don't pay the ferryman. Right? Don't pay the ferryman. Don't even fix. Don't, don't pay the perryman. Yeah. I always used to say don't pay the perryman based on an old song. Don't pay the ferryman. For you, it's don't pay the running back. So when I saw that thing this morning, you said that you guys sent over like, oh, Pacheco, look how much money. He, made. he didn't make anything. The guy made 20 bucks an hour. <laughs> People at McDonald's make more than Pacheco. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Like it is, but I'm like, all right, two hundred seven. Bernsey's there. It is. Bernsey's gonna hit it. <laughs> Told you, don't pay the running. You've always been an advocate for not paying running backs. Always. You didn't like the money they spent on James Conner. Who was the running back before that? You didn't. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. No. You hated the Kenyon Drake oh, money. Oh, you hated, hated it. Kenyon Drake money. Yeah, and listen, hated I think that, it. and I think that that is. I think you're proving. You're being proven right. Go get a running back, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Go get two of them. One of them is going to be halfway decent. They're going to be fine. Get somebody who runs hard and had a good college career. Go get two of those guys. One of them will end up being fine. You don't need to have this expensive running back that you're paying millions and millions of dollars to. Right? You don't have to. Look, the Miami Dolphins went out and they got our guy. And uh, and they got rid of him right away. So it's... Talk about Chase Edmonds, Chase right? Edmonds, yeah, yeah, Chase Edmonds. I said, all right, our guy. Chase Edmonds, they got him, they paid him, they paid him, mm-hmm. and then he was gone. Just like that, he was gone. Now, look, in a classic role reversal of you and I here, I'll, I'll play the other side of this for a second, all right? There, there, of course, there are running backs who are worth the money, and of course, there are running backs who get highly paid who make a difference. If That's if, my line. I, I know. Well, you're taking my line, so we, we'll just roll reversal here for a minute. If San Francisco had beaten the Philadelphia Eagles, in the NFC Championship game, and the 49ers had won the Super Bowl, Christian McCaffrey would be proof positive of the exact opposite, of why you need to pay running backs, of how good running backs can be, because Christian McCaffrey changed the whole operation the minute he walked in the door for San Francisco, yeah. right? Like, he's like, a difference maker. He's, a, he's an absolute difference maker, and there are going to be guys who are going to be worth every single penny of their overpaid contracts, right? You're going to go, okay, he's just Christian McCaffrey. When he's healthy, he is absolutely worth it. There, there will always be... Right, but you're one, not 
signing Saquon Barkley if you're the Giants? You're not. I'm not. You're letting him go, and you're getting a running back in the draft, and you're taking that money, and you're spending it on other positions. You're spending it on somebody else. It feels crazy to say it after the year that Saquon had. I'm not. It just feels, it feels crazy to say it because we grew up in an era. Okay, me and you. We grew up in an era where great running backs made a difference. Mm-hmm. Okay, Joe Morris with the Giants, Otis Anderson, Walter Payton. You were talking about Ricky Waters the other day. I mean, everybody had a good, solid running back. Everybody. I mean, the Rams had good running backs. The Marshall Falk with the Rams. Sure. Everybody had a good running back. So it's hard to look at that now and say, you don't need a running back. You know? The best teams, the Cowboys had Tony Dorsett. The Steelers had Franco Harris. You name a great team that didn't have a, like everybody had good running well, backs. And that's the thing. You the Bears st- had Peyton. You still need a running back. I mean, the position is still very, very important. It's different. It's just different. You, you can also find, you can just find bargains. You can find deals. You can find guys who will give you basically the same thing for half the cost, a quarter of the cost, an eighth of the cost of what you'd be paying for those other guys. Running back still very, very important. Right. John Elway did not win a Super Bowl until they got what? Until a they got Terrell Davis, right. Until they got a running who back. changed the whole equation. Right, the guy didn't win a Super Bowl his whole career to last two years he wins what because they had a great running back yeah so we grew up so so for us to look at running backs today ah you don't need one just go get one in the fifth round it's hard for me it's hard to kind of and i know that's the way it's going and we should go that way tight end like i grew up in an hour when mark bavaro was the most dominant tight end in football the giants won super two super bowls because of mark bavaro Mm -hmm. okay Phil Simms isn't in a Hall of Fame. Jeff, Hoff, Jeff Hotstetler's not in a Hall of Fame. So tight ends, I get. I get the importance of having Kittle and Kelsey. I get that. Not needing to pay a running back is kind of fascinating because, you know, I've Freeman McNeil. My God, Freeman McNeil. It, just, it goes I, against so everything many, that you're used to as a football fan. But it's Curtis Martin was one of my favorite running backs ever. Mm-hmm. You had to have a good running back. You did. You had to have one. And you pay those guys, and, and now you still have to have good running backs. You just need to know where to find them where you're not going to pay. Isaiah Pacheco, he's been huge for Kansas City. Think about the second half they had in that game yesterday. They ran the ball a ton. Isaiah Pacheco, go back and look at that final drive. He has fingerprints all over that final drive yesterday for the for the Chiefs, right? He, he was great. He, he was great. He's a seventh-round pick that they're paying Eight hundred thousand dollars a year, too, which is still a fine salary. But it's but if you can get that for that kind of production out of him over the next three years, and then just find another version of him, and the and that and look, and again, this is what it all comes back to for Monty Austinfort, for Dave Sears now with the Arizona Cardinals. You have to draft well. You have to draft guys. You have to find the Isaiah Pacheco's of the world, right? You have to find that good. They have to find the Sky Moors of the world, the wide receiver who caught a touchdown pass. You have to find good, cheap labor in the NFL draft because if you can find the right guys that you can win with, you will be able to save your money for the things you absolutely have to spend no, on. Kansas City getting the fight doctor was huge. <laughs> Once they got the fight doctor. <laughs> what, are you, what are you shaking your head for? You didn't know who the fight doctor is, Mitch? You don't even you know, know the fight F- doctor. Ferdy Pacheco? Ferdy Pacheco! The, the, the fight doctor from uh, Gimbo's... Oh, sorry, it's a boxing It's a boxing yes, analogy. He was... He was uh, the a, fight doctor. He was the analyst, right? He was yeah, a boxing he was analyst. analyst. Yeah, Ferdy Pacheco, the, yeah. the fight analyst. And then my good friend Harold Letterman. 
All right, Larry, I got it. Eight rounds to four for Chavez. <laughs> I thought he dominated the last two rounds. Honestly, uh, you, sometimes your impersonations suck. That one's spot on. Oh, my Harold Letterman. Your Harold Letterman's spot yeah. on. That's exactly what he said. And he worked at like. ShopRite Pharmacy. Every time I'd come in, ShopRite Pharmacy! <laughs> Harold, it's Gambo! <laughs> when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we can put a bow on what was another classic Super Bowl here in Arizona. Classic except for one thing. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.